a good move. Why you dancing? Dancing is forbidden. Yoo-hoo, running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden, an Aqua Teen Hunger Force exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, one episode at a time. And the episode we are watching through and talking about this week is Season 4, Episode 8, Grim Reaper Gutters. Okay. Whoa. Oh, damn. He killed Carl! Yeah, but did he leave? No! Haven't you seen the commercial? They won't leave until they make a sale! My name's Dan, from Grim Reaper Gutters. I won't leave until I make a sale. Grim Reaper Gutters making its Adult Swim debut on November 19th, 2006. And in this episode, an unusually persuasive and annoyingly persistent gutter salesman interrupts an otherwise charming discourse on good times and good friends. And Grim Reaper Gutters is an episode I definitely saw back in the day around the time that it aired. But all I remembered in this one is that there's like Tara Patrick eating a corn dog and that there's a Grim Reaper character in it. And when watching it back for the podcast, I was surprised by how much this episode is trying to do, but at the same time, how little it's doing. Because this is a slice of life episode. It's really just the guys standing around and talking, similar almost to Global Grilling, the previous episode. But they are having a bit of a gimmick here in that the first half of the episode is supposed to be like a clip show episode. But of course, in Aqua Teen fashion, they just completely turn it on its head. So don't worry, this isn't like just a complete uh, clip show kind of episode. And then the second part of the episode, they kind of ditch that. And then they bring in this Grim Reaper Gutters character. They bring in Tara Patrick. It's just crazy. And I'm really excited to dive into this one. But of course, before we can do that... We got some other stuff to talk about first. Our Aqua Teen news this week, there's really nothing, again, as you would expect as the new season just came out last month, but I will tell you that Aqua Teen art director Bob Pettit is on Instagram now. If you're already over there, give him a follow because Bob does giveaways of original Aqua Teen concept art back from when they made the episodes. And I assume that he will do some giveaways on there as well. So give Bob a follow. Link to his Instagram in the description, as always. And I will tell you this. I don't know how much I'm supposed to say. But Bob, he's getting an Etsy shop together. And he sent me one of the shirt designs that he has. And it is so freaking cool. I'm so excited for you guys to see what Bob is up to. So, hey, give him a follow on there. It's the same on Twitter, Pettit underscore art. Next up, our podcast news. We have a message here from Ryan, a.k.a. Lurvenator. You hear him shout it out at the end of every episode. He is a supporter of the podcast. And Ryan, he sent in a story explaining why he loves the episode we're talking about today, Grim Reaper Gutters, so much. Hey there. So I wanted to share just a little like personal thing about this episode. 
basically this is one of my favorite episodes grim reaper gutters and the reason that it is one of my favorite episodes is because the first time i ever saw it i actually saw it the day that i learned that like my grandpa had passed away um it was a really sudden passing came out of nowhere and it was the first major death that like i experienced from my family um in my life so definitely i was really sad you know cried a lot after this happens. And yeah, and like after after I was done crying, I went to, you know, my game room and put on my TV and the very first thing that that was on was Aqua Teen Hunger Force and it was the Grim Reaper Gutters episode. And I just remember laughing from start to finish about this episode. Um, one of my favorite moments from the entire show is when Carl's walking by Dan from Grim Reaper Gutters and he's just like, yeah, I see my gutters and they're there. So, <laughs> you know, as I always laugh at that, but just wanted to share that. I know it may not be a popular episode among fans. It has a 6.5 rating on IMDb, but it is one of my favorites. Not my absolute favorite, but it is definitely in like my top five. And I just wanted to share that with you. Love the podcast. Thank you so much uh, for listening. And I hope you keep up the good work, man. Ryan, thank you for sharing this incredibly personal story about how you came to appreciate this episode and how this episode and I guess Aquatine was there for you during a, a very difficult time in your life. It's really interesting the way that when things like this are, are there for you in those moments, how important to you they they become. And and for me, when my mom passed away very suddenly in 2022, the thing that I went to was final deployment for Queen Battle Walkthrough, which if you're unfamiliar is an adult swim short, although it's like 18 minutes or something like that. And it's not Aqua Team, but it does share 25 of the cast and crew from Aqua Team in it. So very related. And because of that, it'll always be something very special to me because I watched it when I was just miserable and it made me laugh. And, and Grim Reaper Gutters is the same way for you. And yeah, you even say in your message... Like, look, I understand this isn't the most popular episode, but it'll always mean a lot to me. Same thing for me with Kidney Car. That's my favorite episode of Aqua Teen, even though I know it's not that popular. But with Grim Reaper Gutters being so conversational and just random at times, that's the kind of humor that maybe affected you more in that moment when you weren't as primed to laugh. You know, it surprised you more and made you laugh, as opposed to a more straightforward episode of Aqua Teen or an episode of Aqua Teen that really relied on maybe gross-out humor or something like that. Maybe that wouldn't have affected you in, in those moments, even if those episodes uh, say something like hand banana. Maybe that is considered better, but maybe that kind of humor just wouldn't have worked for you then. Thank you so much, Ryan. I appreciate you sharing this and just letting us all know that, you know, if you had never sent this in, then it'd just be like, yeah, it's just another episode of Aqua Teen. But it means a lot to me to be able to watch through this episode today and just remember how positively this episode specifically impacted your life, but how positively Aquatine has affected all of our lives. Of course, it's just a TV show, a, a cartoon, but it is made by human beings for other human beings. So I appreciate this story just highlighting that. So thank you, Ryan. If you would like to send in your own voice message to potentially be played nine months later like Ryan's was, then you can head on over to speakpipe.com slash dancingisforbidden, or just check these show notes. There's a link right there for you. So what do you say we hop on over and see what in the world was going on the week that Grim Reaper Gutters premiered? Let's go see it. I want to party with that pop culture. 
doing a very impressive synchronized dance, especially for Antarctic creatures, all the way to the top of the box office this week, we have Happy Feet, bringing in $41.5 million this week. Happy Feet is an animated musical, mainly about like these penguins dancing around, going crazy, doing these big grand numbers. There's nothing else to do at the South Pole. What the hell else are they supposed to fill their time with? This film was directed by George Miller, and it stars some little-known names such as Elijah Wood, Robin Williams, Brittany Murphy, Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman. Do you need me to go on? I will. Steve Irwin's in it as well, this being his last film. And I remember when Steve Irwin died. Now, he actually died back in September of 2006, and I remember crying. I was upset about it. He taught me all about crocodiles and all sorts of stuff. I was sad when that happened, but in Happy Feet, there aren't many sad times. I mean, I guess there kind of is. I saw this movie last year for the first time, and between you and me, I wasn't completely sober, so I don't remember all of it, but I do remember that it kicked some ass, and I thought it was pretty funny, and I think the little baby penguin, uh, he gets like put in the zoo, and then he gets out or something. I don't know. Look, it's a kid's film. It's going to be all right. Happy Feet has a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, a 77% on Metacritic. And something I want to mention is they wanted to use the Prince song Kiss in the film. And initially he didn't want them to, but then I think he saw like a rough cut of the film and he liked it so much. Not only did he let them use Kiss, but he wrote an original song for the movie as well, which I think is pretty cool. But you know what's not pretty cool? The fact that this movie does not share any cast or crew with Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which is kind of fucked up. They could have done a crossover episode. If you'll recall, last week's episode was Global Grilling, where the whole uh, ice cap melts. There's a polar bear eating meat wad. They could have had some dancing penguins in the background. I, I don't know. They should put me in charge of like marketing or something for Warner Bros. I mean, they owned both these properties at the time completely unforgivable. So moving on to our music, all of our music is actually the exact same as it was the previous week. So Hannah Montana is still our best-selling record with 203,000 units sold this week. I do want to say for Disney, this is kind of a big year for them in terms of soundtracks because we have the Hannah Montana soundtrack at the top of the box office for two weeks now. We also have the High School Musical soundtrack which was the top album earlier in the year and it's still on the billboard charts at this point and then cheetah girls 2 the soundtrack for that is also in the top 50 on the billboard charts this week as well so disney selling a lot of music this year and i really have to wonder how that compares to other years because i feel like these are a lot of significant disney releases particularly with Hannah Montana and High School Musical that I don't remember seeing any time after that, really. So I'm not sure. I guess we'll have to keep our peepers out as we continue to deep dive through the pop culture. But on to our top single this week. Again, it is My Love by Justin Timberlake. And our top alternative single is Welcome to the Black Parade by My Comical Romance. So let's move on to our video games this week. There is a lot of stuff coming out. Of course, this being later November. They're gearing up for Christmas time, so lots of games are coming out, so I can't list everything. I do want to shout out Medieval 2 Total War coming to Windows this week. We have Final Fantasy 3 coming to Nintendo DS, and WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 coming to PS2 and Xbox 360. 
I wasn't watching wrestling anymore at this point, but I do recognize all of the people on the cover for this game. We have big Triple H front and center looking strong as hell. He's all sweaty or wet or something. Then we see Rey Mysterio, John Cena, Tori Wilson, and Batista there. And Batista now going on to be a big movie star. But moving on to a couple games I want to comment on. Also coming out this week, we have Dead or Alive Extreme 2. Which, if you're unfamiliar with those games, okay, it's a beach volleyball game, but also you're, like, this scantily clad girl, and everyone else is as well, and, like, your boobs jiggle around when you hit the ball. That's what's going on here. This is uh, a game that I don't think that we needed, and I guess this specific title, Dead or Alive Extreme 2, seems like we didn't need because it got bad reviews. And that's not really because of the concept, because their first game did very well, (laughs) but the second game, not so much. I guess the game was too similar to the first one, but they didn't really improve on anything. In fact, they they tweaked the actual gameplay so much that it made the game more difficult in a way, so it was less fun to play. And I guess the the breast physics were really wonky. I mean, the breast physics alone to me are hilarious, but Eliza Moses over at X-Play said, The boobs move independent of each other. This is both comical and a little creepy. The breasts seem to have minds of their own, existing on a consciousness separate from their host body. So maybe that could be a future Aqua Teen villain. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm joking on these games now, but I would be lying if I didn't say when I saw these commercials as a kid, I wasn't sitting there like, hmm, I, I kind of want that game. And I know that's a little embarrassing, but I'll be honest with you now. I swear to God, as an adult, I'm not interested in volleyball anymore. So the last game I want to talk about is a little ditty called The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. That comes to North America this week. And this is actually a launch title with the Nintendo Wii, which is also coming out the exact day that Grim Reaper Gutters premieres. So on the day that Grim Reaper Gutters comes out, the Nintendo Wii comes out also with The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. And in less than a month, Twilight Princess will come out on the GameCube, which was the older uh, console, I guess, as of the day that Grim Reaper Gutters comes out. So later it'll it'll come to GameCube as well. This being the next installment in the Legend of Zelda franchise. In this game, you could like turn into a wolf or something. I did play a bit of this one, and I think I talked about this in a previous episode where in like 2013, 2014, my buddy had his GameCube and he had some games. He had this game, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. He had The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. And then I think the first Metroid Prime game. He borrowed me all three games And then gave me like three weeks to play them until he's like, hey, can I have my GameCube back? (laughs) I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm like barely through Twilight Princess, but sure, dude. Like, I don't know why he gave me so many games if he didn't even give me enough time to beat one. But so, yeah, I have a little bit of experience playing this one. I really liked it. When it comes to the Nintendo Switch, if it does, I definitely would pick it up and play it. But yeah, that is Twilight Princess and the Wii coming out not only this week in our Aqua Teen timeline, but also this exact day that the episode premieres. So, all right, it is November 19th, 2006, and you just bought a Nintendo Wii. You brought it home. You're so freaking excited. And then you turn it on. It doesn't work. It's broken. You can't play it. You're going to have to return it tomorrow. Well, shit. Guess you got to watch TV instead. Let's put on Adult Swim and see what's coming on tonight. 
So the first thing you see, as always, it says Adult Swim may contain material that parents might not find suitable for viewers under the age of 14. Yada, yada, yada. Who cares? Let's get on with it here. What's our first bump tonight? Greetings from the heartland of the United Mistakes of America. New, 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 new. That's all you need to know about this consortium of shenanigan opticals. Enjoy your tomorrow. All right, from there, it goes on to tell us all of the episodes we can see over at adultswim.com with the Adult Swim Fix. And we've talked about that before in the podcast. Basically, online, you could see the episodes a little while before they premiere. You know what we're also going to get? We're also going to get a little teaser for next week's Aqua Teen episode, Moonawana. We are the dope men. Because we wear corduroy. How do I smoke this? <laughs> Tell them, uh... Okay, man, see? See this bong? This is a bong. And here's how you hit it. Done. That looks like a big old tire. Moonawana grows in the shape of a tire. Stand by to revisit the Stone Age. Yeah, the Stone Age. <laughs> Ow. Who are Next on the desert. Adult swim. Okay, so there is the teaser for the next Aqua Teen they would be playing. And of course, I'm not going to sit here and tell you too much about Moonawana because, I mean, we're covering that next. But I wanted to play that just to give you an idea of the kind of promotional stuff that they would have on during this time for Aqua Teen. We heard Carl there telling us, you know, new Aqua Teen Sunday at 1030. From there, we go into a Final Fantasy 3 commercial. And I told you about that game coming out earlier. Funny how all that works out. They are advertising that game on Adult Swim tonight. And worth mentioning, check the link in the show notes if you want to see this entire hour-long YouTube video of commercials from this exact night. It's always great to see the commercials, the things that we ignored like hell at the time, but we like to learn about now. For example, did you know, advertised on Adult Swim this night, they have Seinfeld Season 7? Get 7 Seinfeld Season 7 on DVD. 7. 7. 7. 7. 7. 7. Ooh, like You're not getting 7 now. Get out of here! Everybody loves 7. <laughs> on DVD November 21st. That's why I said yada, yada, yada earlier. Believe it or not. But all right, let's jump into our lineup here. First of all, at 10 p.m., we have Futurama with the root of all evil, except root here spelled R-O-U-T-E. You can see that Futurama's writer room, they're putting their Harvard degrees to good use. That is not a new episode, as Futurama is not in production right now. At 10.30 p.m., we have our show, the episode we're talking about today, Aqua Teen Hunger Force with Grim Reaper Gutters. And then at 10.45 p.m., you guessed it, another Aqua Teen with The Shaving. Willie Nelson, I was driven here by the villagers. Well, and, villager. Well, the villager. Yeah, and, that's a great story. See ya. Of course, we talked all about that one on the podcast already. So moving on to 11 p.m., we have Family Guy with Saving Private Brian. And I remember that episode because that's one where Chris starts his own band or something, and then Marilyn Manson is supposed to be in the episode. It's not actually Marilyn Manson doing the voice, but they, they have him in the episode, like a drawing of him and somebody else voicing him. And I was really excited for that because my mom and I were huge Marilyn Manson fans, uh, especially around this time. So that was so cool to see <laughs> they had Marilyn Manson on Family Guy. But again, not really him. And of course, worth mentioning that uh, Marilyn Manson turns out to be a real piece of shit. But you know what? If you're surprised by that, then you must not have been paying attention. So that Family Guy episode, as usual, 
It is new on Adult Swim tonight, but it initially aired a few months previous on Fox. 11.30 p.m., we get Robot Chicken with Book of Corin. Looks like we have Paul Rudd on that episode, so probably a good time. That is a new episode. 11.45 p.m., we get Metalocalypse with Death Kids, that being a new episode. And looking at the pictures from this one, I feel like I saw this episode. So that's what makes me think that I saw Grim Reaper Gutters this night as it aired as well. So moving on, our next four episodes are all new, so I'll just tell you when we don't have a new episode. How about that? Moving on at midnight, we get Squidbillies with Burned and Reburned Again. 1215 Moral Oral with Love. Moral Oral at this point in its second season. This is season two, episode two. And this one, Oral gets a dog, and then he becomes worried because he's like, oh, I think that I love my dog more than Jesus. And in typical Moral Oral fashion... Oral has to give up the dog, and they basically, I assume, kill the dog in the episode. So pretty grim stuff, as always, from Moral Oral, but done in a funny way. After that, 12.30 a.m., we have Frisky Dingo with Emergency Room. 12.45 a.m., 12-ounce mouse with Corndog Chronicles. And that title, uh, applying to this episode of Aqua Teen, we'll be talking about today... After that, 1 a.m., we are moving into our not-new-episode territory with our final two of the night. The Venture Bros with Guess Who's Coming to State Dinner. And at 1.30 a.m., Stroker and Hoop with How to Get Dead in Advertising, a.k.a. Caged Rose. So that's our lineup tonight. Futurama, Aqua Teen, Aqua Teen again. Family Guy, Robot Chicken, Metalocalypse, Squidbillies, Moral Oral, Frisky Dingo, 12-Ounce Mouse, The Venture Brothers, and Stroker and Hoop. There is a bump from this night that I do want to address. Let me play you the music, and of course, I will read you the text over it. Dear Adult Swim, Hand Banana. Everyone loves him. We need Hand Banana shirts. Hand Banana something. Adult Swim says, here. And then it's just a still. There's just stills of Hand Banana from the episode. Then it says, trace that. So, kind of Adult Swim's philosophy, right? There's so many great things they can make with all of these wonderful characters from Aqua Teen, but they choose not to. Shocker, huh? And then before we jump into discussing Grim Reaper Gutters, I have a little behind-the-scenes story for you that you might find interesting. So today I was like, alright, let me try AI and see if I can get it to, like, pull the all these episode plots that we're talking about here it'd be kind of cool just to see if it could pull it all for me and put it in one place right well of course surprise surprise it sucks it's not good at all everything it it tells me each episode is about is completely false but the aqua teen ones are a little amusing so i will read them to you so for grim reaper gutters it says grim reaper finds a new way to make money by cleaning gutters with the souls of the deceased which, of course, is not what this episode is about. And then for the shaving, it said, Master Shake and Frylock attempt to shave each other's backs, leading to hilarious mishaps and near-death experiences. <laughs> so what I found amusing here is, of course, these are both completely wrong, but for Aqua Teen Hunger Force, like, if you had never seen any of these episodes, you'd be like, okay, I could see it. I could see that being an Aqua Teen plot point. So uh, AI, a little amusing here, but still no goddamn help to me. Let's jump in, though, and discuss Grim Reaper Gutters, because I won't leave until I tell you all about this Aqua Teen episode, so let's just do it. You know it, I know it, everyone knows it. 
Dancing is Forbidden is listener-supported, supported by diehard Aqua Teen fanatics. Believe it or not, these ATHF freaks are making their way on over to patreon.com slash dancingisforbidden because they said, you know what, God damn it, I like this Aqua Teen podcast and I want it to keep going. Those Moon Masters who support the podcast every month at the $5 and up tier get access to all of the exclusive episodes over there on the Patreon, like the Space Kataz coverage, Baffler Meal coverage, even nine episodes covering the 2007 film. That's over 30 hours of exclusive episodes over there, which in my opinion, is pretty badass. You know who else thought that was badass? You heard him earlier in the episode. Ryan, aka Lurvenator, he found his way on over there to the Patreon. He signed up at the number one in the Hoodgie tier. And because of that, Lurvenator, if you give the Grim Reaper my promo code of Dancing is Forbidden 69-420-69, you will get 3% off of your next gutter purchase. Now, that code is for Lurvenator only, so if you heard that, don't use that code. Yeah, I could have just emailed it to him, but this is easier for me, so that's what I did. Lurvenator, thanks for signing up over on the Patreon. I hope you like all the stuff over there. And you know what? I hope you like this Grim Reaper Gutters episode, because I know it's one of your favorite episodes. You know what? That's why I'm shouting you out in it. Big brain move, 10,000 IQ. That's some Wayne the main brain McLean shit, if I've ever seen it. Coming up next, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Grim Reaper Gutters making its Adult Swim debut on November 19th, 2006. This episode rocking a TVMA rating, making it our second TVMA so far in Aqua Teen, our first being Dickisode. This is our second one, although I think now sometimes when Hand Banana airs, it does have an MA as well, but it did not debut with one like this episode did. And I assume that's because of the Tara Patrick elements, which we will get to. And speaking of Tara Patrick, of course, she is in this episode playing herself. So we will discuss her once we get over to her. And playing the Grim Reaper here, we have our friend, Aqua Teen editor, producer, occasional voice actor, Ned Hastings, who we will talk a little bit about when he shows up too. And you know what? I think we're going to be talking about Ned again, and it's going to be actually right now, because this episode is edited by Ned Hastings. But Ned's not working alone editing this one. On the assistant edit, we have Lear Bunda. This being his first time involved with Aqua Teen, from what I can see. And then Lear will go on to be a full-fledged editor in later seasons of the show. I think like five through nine, basically. And he also works on other Matt and Dave shows like Squid Billy's 12-Ounce Mouse and even Soul Quest Overdrive. But Lear, I want to shout him out because he was one of the first people who worked on Aqua Teen to follow the podcast on social media. So I'm excited to get him on the show here soon and learn more about him. He's a super creative guy. He's always uploading stuff that he's up to on his Instagram. You could find him on the gram at Lear Show, which is L-E-A-R-S-H-O-W. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. Definitely check his stuff out. He's got some pretty funny videos up there. Before we dive in, I do want to loop back around and say that we have Dave Willis on this one as Meatwad and Carl, Carrie Means as Frylock, and then Dana Snyder as Master Shake. But we do get a flashback sequence here. For example, we will hear Scott Hilly playing George Washington in The Cloning, but he's not credited on this episode. 
So there's kind of an asterisk there. There's a couple other voices that we may hear. So I do want to mention that right now. And of course, we will hear past performances from the main Aqua Teen voice actors. Starting the episode off after the intro, we get 18 seconds of silence. We open in on Shake sitting on his chair, and then Meatwad's just on the ground by the chair. And Shake and Meatwad are kind of just looking at each other, but nothing's going on. And there's 18 seconds of that, so I'm not going to play it because it's just silence. But it's very funny to see this going back to the guy's Space Ghost Coast to Coast roots, where they would play with silence a lot in this way. And this is probably the biggest section of silence in Aqua Teen up until this point. After that, Shake is going to pull out a crossbow with a flaming bolt and point it at Meatwad, very similarly to Season 2, Episode 23's The Cloning. And then they kind of make a reference to that as they're talking about it. Meatwad doesn't flinch in this instance. Although worth mentioning in The Cloning, Shake is, he's kind of pointing the crossbow at the TV, then he blows the TV up in that episode. But yeah, they'll talk about this, and then they will get a flashback to Season 1, Episode 8's Revenge of the Moon and Knights, and we will see when Frylock has double vision there, he's trying to shoot his lasers at the Moon and Knights, or, or his energy ball, whatever, to destroy them, but he misses due to his double vision. He hits the Aqua Teen's wall, and we see Shake looking at a porno mag in Frylock's room. So all of that will be referenced in this long clip. Remember, this is after 18 seconds of silence of these characters just looking at each other. I'm gonna do it! Yeah, you used to flinch when I did that. Yeah. You would jump. Oh, yeah. And I'd hit you with the arrow and you'd cry your little eyes out. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> I remember that one time you was in the bathroom with that magazine, stepping we ain't got no bathroom, so, you know, <laughs> and we all know what you was doing. I'll show you stars. Take this. <laughs> Oh man. Back then I was so self-conscious about my body. You know, Frylock wanted to fix that hole, but I said no. And now I like it when people watch. I still can't figure out what you're doing with yourself. Yeah. Okay. Just absolutely crazy. Of course, we heard Matt Malero there playing Ur, so that's another example of an unreferenced credit in this one, but it is kind of archival footage of a previous episode. And I love this callback to that scene and the way that they play it, because in Revenge of the Moon Knights, Shake's all surprised when the hole gets blown in the wall and we see him looking at his his magazine with a woman on the front. It's not butt frenzy, because of course that shows up in season two, not season one. But He's all embarrassed, but then in, now in 2006, he kind of rubs his body. He's like, I was so self-conscious of my body back then. Now I like when people watch. And then the great reveal of Meatwad doesn't really know what Shake's doing. And they do that with Meatwad a lot, where he will kind of call something out, but then he will reveal he doesn't know what it is. For example, think to at the beginning of this season, season four, episode one, Dirtfoot, he keeps calling Shake gay, but then he doesn't know what gay means. So playing Meatwad in this in this very uh, ignorant way is always a lot of fun. A reference to the Aqua Teens not having a bathroom, although I must point out Season 2, Episode 4's Supercomputer, where we see Meatwad in the shower next to Frylock's room. 
You know what my guess is? Okay, here, here's a fan theory for you. My guess is they have a bathroom next to Frylock's room, but Frylock, like, hit it or something because he doesn't want the other guys using it because they don't clean up after themselves and they just make a mess. So that's my guess, that Frylock just has his own personal private bathroom that Meatwad used before but forgot about because he's Meatwad, he's a dummy. That's my theory. We're going to cut back in now to this conversation, and the beginning of this episode is very slow, but it does ramp up as the episode goes on, so the entire episode is not like this, but we still have the two fellas here. They're having a conversation. They're catching up. So what's up with you? We don't ever talk anymore. What is up with me? Well, I got me a leaf mulch. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it comes with the warranty. It's got three different, you know, settings on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I ain't got no money for gas. I spent pretty much all the money on the leaf mulcher. Don't talk to me about gas. So, yeah. Probably gonna have to sell the leaf mulcher. Yeah. This, to me, screams like something that Dave Willis actually did. Like, he did buy a leaf mulcher, and this probably mirrors a conversation that Matt and and Dave actually had, is my guess. Typically, when they would sit down to write an episode, they would just kind of talk for a while, you know, what they've been up to, and maybe draw inspiration from that. So that's my guess for this. And it reminds me of Season 2, Episode 9's Meat Zone, where Meatwad is eating caulk in that episode, and that's because Dave was using caulk at that time that they wrote that. So he drew inspiration from that. And I'm thinking to season two, episode 18's The Cubing, when Meatwad's going on about his pressure washing business, which I'm guessing that Dave had got a pressure washer at that point, or maybe Matt did. So I assume one of the guys got a leaf mulcher, so they just kind of threw that in there. The guys are talking about gas, how expensive gas was. I'm seeing in November of 2006 that the average price of gasoline in the United States was about $2.30. That's about $3.50 in uh, 2024 money, which comparatively is actually cheaper than gas is right now. However, months previous, I'm guessing around the time they wrote this episode, gas did spike up to $3 a gallon, and that is similar to $4.54 in today's money. So I'm guessing around the time they wrote this, maybe gas had actually gone up, and that's why they threw that in there. But I love the idea of Meatwad buying, like, a, uh, a leaf mulcher. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. We never see Meatwad doing anything that would re require that. So it's a great little joke thrown in there. A mundane conversation between these two as they are bored. I don't know why they don't just turn the TV on. This is another example of Aqua Teen having these mundane human conversations <laughs> between these crazy-looking characters. And it's ironic that a show featuring these crazy characters does touch on more of these these human moments than <laughs> cartoons about actual human beings and just shows in general. Because most shows want to hit you bang bang with all this exciting, interesting stuff. But then Aqua Teen has these guys just sitting here talking to each other about whatever they've been up to. So after that, after the leaf mulcher conversation... We have two seconds of silence, and then Meatwad's gonna try and keep the conversation going by bringing up something else. Hey, remember when the uh, core of the Earth was melting, and I started messing with the <laughs> gravitational pull? You know, and we was all, like, flying upward, and I, I called the president, and I says, the core is melting. We got to do something about it. Yeah. You know, and he says, we're on it. You remember that? Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You remember that? Yeah, I remember it. This thing that never happened. 
I'm guessing that they're referencing a movie with that. The closest thing I could find is a 2003 film called The Core, which has a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. So I think that this might be something that they would want to make fun of on Aqua Teen. Now, in The Core, the Earth's core stops rotating and it's like, hey, if we don't get this core going again, the Earth's magnetic field is going to stop. So then they have to go into the core of the Earth and like detonate nuclear bombs or something to get it spinning again. It's so ridiculous. So I don't know if that's exactly what they're referencing, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is what they were talking about with this. After that little discussion, we get another second or two of silence until Shake is going to bring up something that absolutely totally happened. But the fun thing here is that we're going to get like a flashback to it. And we're just going to see Shake on the phone talking on the phone, and we will see what he's claiming happened did not happen. Hey, how about that time Playboy called me? What boy? The, the Playboy. He wanted me to go party at his mansion house, you know, because he had too many girls and not enough guys. He, you know, he called me. Remember? No, Jimmy, I'm, I'm counseling a youth camp today. Yeah, I'm doing some stuff for my church. Thank you, though. Have a blessed day. <laughs> so the fun thing about this is that we get a flashback, but it's not something we've ever seen in Aqua Teen before. That was made for this episode, and again, it does not correspond to what Shake was saying was the Playboy called Shake up to come over to the Playboy Mansion because there was too many girls, not enough dudes. When Shake says the Playboy, I assume he's referencing Hugh Hefner, who was the founder of the Playboy magazine, and then they went and made all of these kind of resorts that were basically just built around sex. So he lived in the Playboy mansion with all of these young girls. He was like 100 years old. I'm not going to dwell on that, but what I do want to say is that uh, at this time, from 2005 to 2010, there was a show about the Playboy mansion, basically, with three of the main girls and Hugh Hefner called The Girls Next Door. So... Hugh was on TV at this point. That's, you know, obviously Shake would know about that stuff, but maybe he was watching The Girls Next Door during this period. But to Hugh Hefner, I do want to say he did voice on a lot of cartoons. In 93, he was on The Simpsons, the episode Krusty Gets Cancelled. And then he did two, I guess you could say three adult swim shows. This year, in 2006, he did The Boondocks and Robot Chicken playing himself. And then in 2007, he's on an episode of Family Guy playing himself as well. So kind of interesting there to see the Adult Swim connection to Hugh Hefner. But I love the flashback there. I think it's somebody maybe trying to sell Shake something. I don't know what's going on in that conversation because Shake says he's doing something with his church group or something. But obviously, Shake doesn't attend church. So I don't know what that flashback is supposed to be. But it's very funny to see uh, the scene that he is describing, which obviously never happened. So I love that little part there. This episode very interesting so far because we're just getting these kind of pointless stories that the guys are telling each other. This being kind of a gimmicky episode, Aqua Teen's take on the clip show, but as we can see, it's kind of stuff that never happened at all. So for all intents and purposes, it's just all new stuff and it's very funny. Meatwad's gonna tell another story and then Frylock is going to come into the scene at the end of the clip. Remember, uh, remember that date I went on with Farrah Fawcett? Uh, <laughs> she said, let's get nude, go to this hotel, and like do all this stuff. And she starts like playing with me and starts like hugging on me. I said, no, nah, no, nah, girl. My show is on. <laughs> so she dropped me off. You know, you and I, 
We've made a lot of sacrifices over the years. And if it wasn't for us, some people would not be where they are today. That sucked about Farrah Fawcett, by the way. Remember when I say both y'all's asses? Oh, oh. Rob. Name one time. <laughs> Once. So we will see multiple times where Frylock saves the guy's asses, but I love what Meatwad is saying here. I don't know how Matt and Dave come up with this stuff. Farrah Fawcett was an actress who was probably biggest in the 70s and 80s. She was in, like, Charlie's Angels, and she was in movies like Logan's Run and The Cannonball Run, uh, just to name a few. I mean, she's a very, very famous actress, back especially from when Matt and Dave were growing up. And I do want to mention that she had a guest spot on I Dream of Genie, which was referenced in the previous episode, Global Grilling, so I appreciated that. Farrah Fawcett also being something of a model. I mean, she was a very pretty actress, but there's this iconic uh, poster of her in a red swimsuit that sold millions and millions and millions of copies in its first year alone. So uh, chances are you've seen her on that poster somewhere. So Meatwad's basically saying this very pretty girl in him, although in 2006... She's like 60, but uh, that, that they were basically, she wanted to have sex with him, but Meatwad said no because his show was on. <laughs> he wanted to watch his show instead. He was too busy to make love to Farrah Fawcett, so uh, she drove him home. And I do like that little callback to the story. Like, like they move on from that, but then Shake does a callback. He's like, that sucks about Farrah Fawcett, by the way. <laughs> and if it wasn't for us, some people would not be where they are today. That sucked about Farrah Fawcett, by the way. Remember when I say both y'all's asses? They're kind of throwing shade at Frylock, especially there. Shake's like, oh, well, it's because of us that Frylock is where he is, which I guess maybe you could argue in terms of popularity. Shake and Meatwad are much more popular characters than Frylock. But, of course, if you've listened to this podcast, I go on about how Aqua Teen wouldn't have worked without Frylock, so they all kind of depend on each other. But regardless, they're throwing shade and then Frylock's like, well, I've, I've saved your guys' asses so many times. And I like how both of Shake and Meatwad are like, oh, yeah, when? When did that happen? You know, Frylock, the only one actually with powers who accomplishes anything in the show. From there, we're going to get a really cool sequence of 24 episodes where they're claiming Frylock has saved the Aqua Teens. Now, I'm not going to play this audio because they're playing the party all the time music with a visual montage, and then there's some audio clips cutting in, but without being able to see it, I don't think you'll get a whole lot from that. So I'm not going to play it, but we will talk about it here. So like I said, there are 24 episodes that they show here where Frylock supposedly saved the day, although many instances that is not the case. Going through, I'm not going to tell you episode numbers on these. I'll tell you the season, but not the episode number because there's so much to talk about. So the first thing that we see is from season one. We have Escape from Leprechopolis, and we see Frylock blowing up the rainbow machine, claiming that he saved the day that way. And I, I wouldn't qualify that as Frylock saving the day, because we see at the end of Escape from Leprechopolis, Carl gets his house ripped out of the foundation by the rainbow machine. So somehow the leprechauns fix it and then continue to use it. So I wouldn't say that Frylock saved the day there. <laughs> After that, we see Frylock in the Season 2 episode, Super Squatter, and basically it's the scene where Shake has moved into Carl's house, but then Carl shot himself in his foot, and then Shake isn't doing anything about it. We see Frylock saying he needs medical attention regarding Carl. So in that episode, Frylock picks up Carl by his foot to elevate it, but he rips Carl's foot off, 
I don't know if I would qualify this as as saving them, although he does get Carl the medical attention he ultimately needs, even though he ends up having to get his foot grafted to his head. So I'll give this one to Frylock. Next up, we see the season one episode PDA. We have Frylock reviving Meatwad after Shake has Meatwad in the pool with the rent-a-hoist, and he was holding Meatwad underwater. So we have Frylock reviving Meatwad here. I would say yes, he did save the day here. After that, we see the season two episode Frat Aliens, where Frylock is lighting the rocket that DP is strapped to, and, and he's trying to send him back to space, but he just flies right into Carl's laser grid and gets annihilated. I wouldn't say that Frylock saved the day because the Frat Aliens aren't really a threat, so I'm gonna have to say no on that one. The next clip is from the season two episode Super Birthday Snake, where Frylock is blowing up Nathan Scott Phillips with Meatwad and Shake inside of him, which of course kills Meatwad and Shake. But also, that part of the episode didn't actually happen. It was all VR. So I'm going to have to say no regardless, because either, best case scenario, he just didn't do anything there. It was all a simulation. Worst case scenario, he actually killed Shake and Meatwad, which is the opposite of saving them. We see Carl in the clowning towards the end of the episode when he has the, uh, <laughs> the balloon shotgun pointed at himself, and he wants to kill himself because he's nonverbal at this point. All he can do is do his squeaking noises. And then Frylock freezes him. I'm gonna say, I don't know how to address this one, because Carl doesn't get saved here. We see, you know, they go ahead into the future, where the Aqua Teens are all old, and then Carl falls over and breaks? But at the same time, that maybe was the best course of action to freeze him, although he didn't actually do anything with him after he froze him. He just kind of left him there. So actually, I'm gonna say no. Frylock didn't save Carl in this situation. <laughs> We then see the season three episode, Dusty Gazangas. It's the scene where Shake has all these pipes with like the gas coming out of it and there's flames and stuff. And then Frylock puts it out with his power of he can also put fires out with this foam substance from his eyes. And I'll give Frylock this one because he did put that fire out, which could have burned their house down. We then go back to the season one episode, Balloonenstein, where we see Frylock throwing Meatwad, who is covered in glass into the ocean to try and pop squirrely, but as we know, he doesn't end up accomplishing that in the episode, so I can't really give Frylock this one, especially because uh, Squirrely doesn't get defeated anyways. The clip after that is from season two's The Dressing, where Turkatron has passed out behind the curtains, and then Frylock and Meatwad are kind of carrying him away. I think in this clip, I wouldn't say that he saved them, but in that episode, Frylock does turn Turkatron into Hustlin' Tom Turkey, who he's supposed to be, which is not threatening and just a silly dancing mechanical turkey thing. So I'll be generous and give this one to Frylock, because he did turn this one thing into Hustlin' Tom Turkey, although as we see at the end of the episode, Carl gets killed by a bunch of Turkatrons, but not really Frylock's fault, I guess. They then show MCP Pants getting blown up at the Pizzapotamus. And in that episode, he keeps saying how he's insane. He likes the liquid inside of people. So I don't know that Frylock saved the Aqua Teen's asses, but I, I think maybe a good call to blow up a giant spider with a diaper that keeps saying he wants to eat people. We get the season two episode, The Cloning, where we have George Washington coming out to give them a lecture about you shouldn't counterfeit money, and then Frylock blows him away with a shotgun 
I'll say that he did save the Aqua Teens because it's possible George Washington could have tattled on them, could have told the police that they were counterfeiting money, so they could have ended up in jail. The next example is from the season four episode, Boost Mobile, when both of the cell phones fall down the hole between the Aqua Teens house and Carl's house, and then Meatwad's on the roof and pushes a boulder over onto them. I mean, you see Meatwad doing the heavy lifting here, but my guess is it was Frylock's plan. And he really did save them here, because Shake was in trouble with Boost Mobile, so Frylock earned this one. After that, we get a clip from the Season 2 episode Universal Remonster, and we see Frylock just unplugging the cable splitter between uh, the Plutonian ship through the far gate to the Aqua Teen's house. It's hard to say if Frylock really saved their asses here, because he did stop the Plutonians from stealing their cable, but the Plutonians aren't a threat. So, I'm gonna have to say no, that Frylock didn't really save them here. If anything, it was the Universal Remonster causing problems, it wasn't the Plutonians watching their TV so much. We go to the Season 1 episode, Interfection, and we have Frylock in the same digital realm as the wizard, and we see him blowing up a one of those pop-ups. But that episode ends with a Shake basically still getting them in trouble with the wizard or, or whatever. There's still pop-ups at the, at the end of the episode, so I can't really say that Frylock saved the day in that one. We go to season two superhero, and we have Frylock exploding the worms, the radioactive worms that pop out of the crawl space into their house. And absolutely, Frylock saved them here, so gotta give it to him. The next clip is of the very first episode of Aqua Teen, Rabot, and we have Frylock. Uh, he's sending Carl to the home, which really just throws Carl on his roof and hurts his back. So I'm going to say no, he didn't save anybody here. In fact, he hurt Carl for no real reason. We then go back to the season one episode, PDA, where they're going to the Adirondacks to look for Shake's PDA, and then Frylock gets stepped on by the foot of this creature. We don't see the full creature, just it's, it's purple almost chicken-like foot with radioactive-looking material on it. Frylock gets smashed there, and he doesn't save anybody. He just gets stepped on, and that's it, so no. The next clip stays in Season 1 with Mayhem of the Moon and Knights, where we have Frylock holding the Moon and Knights down on the ground on the pavement. And I would say, yeah, he saved the Aqua Teens' asses here because the Moon and Knights ultimately left them, for a little while at least. Keeping with the Moon Knights, it shows us the Season 2 episode, The Last One, with all of the villains outside of Carl's house. We have Frylock just shooting some electricity out of his eyes, and that really gets uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to leave them alone, so I'll give it to him. We go to the Season 2 episode, Super Sirloin, poor MCP pants again getting killed. I said in the season one MCP Pants episode that Frylock did save them by killing MCP Pants because he still seemed a little evil. Here it's just sad because MCP Pants is like, oh, I'm going to go and get my GED and turn my life around as Frylock is having him go to the slaughter. So I'm going to say no, Frylock didn't save them when MCP Pants was in his cow form because he seemed to kind of mellow out and wanted to just live a normal life. We go to the season three episode Robo Sitter where Frylock is killing the Robo Sitter in the meat juicer machine. So yeah, he did save the Aqua Teens, although he did create the Robo Sitter, but he did save them from the Robo Sitter as well. Three more clips to go. So we have the season three episode T-Shirt of the Living Dead where Frylock kills the Easter Bunny. 
Frylock didn't save anybody here. The Easter Bunny was trying to offer help for Santa Claus. Yeah, it was dumb help. He's like, why don't you just give him a chocolate Easter Bunny or something? But killing him isn't saving anybody, so no. We have the season three episode video Ouija, and we see Frylock exploding BillyWitchDoctor.com. And again, Billy Witch Doctor wasn't causing any harm or anything like that. He was trying to help them. Yes, he sucked at his job. He was just messing around. But he wasn't really a threat. And our last clip, the season two episode, Revenge of the Trees, when Frylock kind of explodes the trees, and then he ends up grabbing Carl and running out of the burning forest. Yes, Frylock saved Carl in this case, and uh, Shake as well, because he was also going to go to jail. Uh, tree jail, that is. All right, so 24 examples of Frylock saving the Aqua Teen's asses, and my conclusion is... 12 times he actually did, and 12 times he did not, or even made it worse. And at times, I was generous to Frylock. And he, uh, some of it is him saving Carl, who isn't in the room, who isn't having this discussion. So does that really count? I don't know. But there you have it. 24 clips, 12 actual examples of Frylock saving them. I think he proved his point. We're going to kind of get a reveal that they were watching this on their TV. So Frylock actually made this video himself. To, to show the guys, like, I guess in his head he was keeping track of these things, or at least trying to. And Meatwad's not going to be impressed with this, and Shake, you can give him all the evidence you want. He's never going to believe it. Well, you put the whole thing to rock music, huh? That never <laughs> happened! You clearly altered this. Oh, you think I did, huh? Yes! And I'm beginning to think that you moved me where you were. Oh, really? I seen you with that computer <laughs> that, I, that I bought. Shake saying that he bought Frylock's computer. We will get to that in a moment. But I love that Shake's saying like, oh, no, you swapped us. Like, Shake was the one who saved them or something like that. Absolute nonsense. Of course, these clips are not edited. They seem to be ripped right from the episodes. I couldn't see any sort of difference from the actual episodes with them. I love Meatwad kind of pointing out Frylock being petty. He's like, wow, you set the whole thing to rock music. <laughs> like, you really sat down and made this, didn't you? But you know what? I don't blame Frylock, considering he is saving them a lot of the time. He seems to be the only one bringing in money, and he gets no appreciation for it. So keep doing your thing, Frylock. We're going to get a really fun bit of Aqua Teen lore now, something that you wouldn't expect because this doesn't happen a lot. But Shake in the previous clip, was claiming that he bought Frylock's computer... And like most things that Shake says, especially in this episode, you assume he's making it up and it's fake, right? Well, we're going to get a flashback to them getting Frylock's computer. So in a way, Shake wasn't completely lying, although we will see <laughs> when it came time to actually pay the bill, he didn't follow through. But this is a bit of a long clip because we have a few jokes built on it and I didn't want to split that up. So what's going to happen is Meatwad will allege that Shake said something. Shake will say, I never said that. Well, Meatwad, he's got receipts. He's going to play back some video footage of his own. Remember when I bought you that computer? But this one is only $1.99. I mean, it has everything I need. Oh, come on. This is the one. And it's only $3,099. We can't afford that. You can't afford not to have this. Listen, I will afford it for you because I want you to have it better than I had it. Right now. I we're going to pay for this. That's for me to worry about. And remember when I got the bill? No, I sure don't. Where the hell is Shake? He says, I'm moving to Mexico. Till all this bill business chills out. <laughs> I have never said that. I 
I've never even said those words. Oh, really? I'm going to Mexico until all this bill business <laughs> chills out. You can't prove that I said that. Oh, yeah, what do you think it is? I'm going to Mexico <laughs> until all this bill business chills out. I have hidden cameras everywhere. Uh, <laughs> FYI, I was in Jericho growing pasta for poor children. Just how much I think of myself. You couldn't get a dog to do that. A lot going on in this clip, obviously, but the main thing I want to mention here is I love all these kind of flashbacks to things that we've never actually seen in the show. So again, yes, it's a flashback, a clip show episode, but it's not just being lazy like most flashback episodes, because most flashback episodes, it's because contractually they had to deliver X amount of episodes, so they'll take the easy way out and just do a flashback episode to previous ones because that's cheaper to produce for the production. But in this case, yeah, they did have that party, party, party segment where they did show some clips, but they are playing around with it more than just in the typical flashback way. So to get to one of these new flashbacks, we do see when Frylock was buying his computer. And you would imagine this took place at some point before the Rabot episode. So this being a rare sneak peek at the time before the show, I guess. And we see the Aqua Teens at an electronic store. The name is Techno Hut, I guess a portmanteau of the Techno Hut. Frylock's computer is $3,099. At least that's the one that they pick out. And I want to say, it looks like Frylock's computer, but it has this, like, LED trimming all along it. So I'm not entirely sure what the story about that is, because Frylock's computer does not have this sort of LED trim on it. But we see some other items there, like speakers, other monitors, things like that. Maybe the idea is that Frylock returned the computer after Shake didn't pay for it, but... I crunched some numbers. Let's say that they went to that store in January of 1999. Let's say that. That's when they went and bought that computer. $3,099 in 1999 is $5,785 in 2024 money, just to give you an idea of the computing power that Frylock is packing. The turn of events with the whole Master Shake going down to Mexico till the bill business chills out is absolutely crazy and so aquatine. Because, okay, the first time Meatwad says that Shake said that, it's actually in the flashback of Frylock getting the bill for the computer. And then we cut to modern time in the Grim Reaper Gutters episode where Shake's on the chair. He's like, oh, I never said that. Then we flash back to presumably before Frylock gets the bill for the computer, where Shake did say that. Then we go back to the Grim Reaper Gutters episode where Shake denies that. And then Meatwad in real time plays the footage. So it's very convoluted, but just very silly. They keep hitting this same joke three times, but it gets funnier every time because it just gets a little bit more absurd. Going back to Lurvenator, a.k.a. Ryan here, Ryan reached out to me on Instagram some time ago with a little bit of information about this line. Ryan says, Hi, Ronnie. I wanted to point something out for the Grim Reaper Gutters episode. When Shake says, I'm going down to Mexico until this bill business chills out, I believe that's a direct reference to a line from The Simpsons. In Season 4, Episode 4, Lisa the Beauty Queen, Otto causes an accident at the school fair. Once the accident happens, he says, I'll be in Mexico till this whole thing blows over, and runs off. 
Could be a complete coincidence, but I wouldn't be surprised if this line was a nod to The Simpsons and just wanted to share it with you in case you hadn't recorded the podcast for this episode yet. So thank you again, Ryan, for your contribution here. And from looking it up, I mean, I think that's a reasonable assumption to make because this is like a golden era Simpsons episode. I'm pretty sure Dave like was a fan of The Simpsons, and it's not unreasonable to think that they would have watched it around this time. I can't find any other like head down to Mexico until this whatever business blows over references. So I have to imagine maybe that's what they are pulling from, perhaps subconsciously, but in my mind, it, it checks out. I like Meatwad saying that he has cameras everywhere. Maybe that explains uh, how this TV show is made. Who knows? And then Shake says he was in Jericho growing pasta for, for poor children. Jericho being a city in the West Bank in Palestine. And I've learned that a crazy percentage of the Palestinian population are children. They're under the age of 18. 52.3% of Palestinians are under the age of 18. And the median age in Palestine is 19. And in comparison to the U.S., where the median age is 38 so quite the difference there, Shake. He had lots of children to feed. Realistically, though, Shake probably just hid in the crawl space. So moving on, we're going to have our last kind of fake flashback of the episode until the episode kind of changes up a bit. And in this flashback, Meatwad, he's going to get his first pubic hair and he's going to get it in his ranch at the bar we saw in Super Trivia. Turns out he's been collecting these pubes and he made a shirt of pubes for Frylock. Hey, you guys remember when I got my first pubic hair? <laughs> in that restaurant? <laughs> oh, y'all check it out. Look what came with my wings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't touch that. And I've been collecting them ever since. Here, Frylock, I made you this. It's a shirt. 100% pubic. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks. I figured you'd be a large, but I went extra large because I know it's going to shrink in a wash. <laughs> oh, God. That's right. I want you to wash this with the rest of your clothes. You know who would like that meat white? Carl. Yeah, Carl would really appreciate that shirt. How could you tell if he had it on? A very fun misdirection there of you expect Meatwad to grow his pubic hair, but no, he got it in his ranch. Or it could have been blue cheese, too. I'm reminded of a time I was at Buffalo Wild Wings with a group of friends, and one of our friends had ranch, and everyone else had blue cheese. And he was trying to act like he's better than us. He's, like, kind of joking around, and he's like, yeah, because I have a more refined palate than you guys. Like, yeah, that's why you're having ranch instead of blue cheese. So poor fella basically dug his own grave on that one. Uh, not really sure what Meatwad's having here. Either way, I don't think you can go wrong with either. And I'd love to see them at this Super Trivia Bar which we first saw in the 10th episode of season two. Lots of fun details in this bar, and it's always a treat when we go back to it. But of course, there is the fun asterisk of, well, in Super Trivia, turns out the bar was a figment of Wayne's imagination, but it is possible that Meatwad found that pube in the imagined bar, like back before it was revealed it wasn't real, I don't know. This pubic hair shirt, another detail that I remember from this episode from the first time that I saw it, it's so funny. And uh, honestly, you know, it's gross, but it's a little sweet that Meatwad tried to make something for Frylock, as he does from time to time. He's made Frylock sunglasses before, so not new for Meatwad to make a little gift for Frylock. And I like, it's like, oh, well, you should give that to Carl instead. And then Shake makes a comment like, how could you tell if he was wearing it? Because Carl is so hairy. But you know what? Speaking of Carl, why don't we give him a call and see if he wants to come over and hang out? 
Car, what's up? Nothing. <laughs> Why you call me here? I made you a shirt, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> How thoughtful. You know what? I made you a shirt, too. Let's see, without the R part. <laughs> <laughs> get it? I made you a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Come get it before it sinks. <laughs> Had a lot of meat last night. <laughs> Yo, Carl's crazy. <laughs> I love Meatwad. He smiles. He's like, Carl's crazy. <laughs> I, I like that Carl has another lame joke this episode, similarly to Global Grilling, where they ask, or Meatwad asks Carl how he likes his tube steak. Carl says he likes it parked in some huar, or however he says it. He says it some weird way. Then nobody laughs at his joke. And he makes a similar joke here. He's like, yeah, I made you uh, a shirt without the R. And there's just like Meatwad just kind of frowns. But Frylock can tell that this conversation isn't going well. He really wants Carl to come over and reminisce with them. So Frylock takes the phone from Meatwad, and he's going to try and convince Carl to come over. Hey, Carl, come on over and hang out. Just kicking back in the crib. Talking about the good old days, you know. There's fellowship. We got some tap water. <laughs> got that all day. And Tara Patrick. No, there's, uh, there's no way I'm coming over. Tara. What is in it for me? You know. You the man. Tell him Tara <laughs> Patrick's here. Oh, yeah, and, and Terry Patrick. Tara. Oh, Tara. Tara Patrick. Oh, yeah. On, what, on your computer? No. Carl in real life. Oh, okay. She's right here. The porn star. Right. Yeah, the porn star, man. Right, smart guy. It's so delightful to see Frylock fail at trying to get Carl to come over to hang out with them. Especially his offer of, we've got tap water. <laughs> wow, what, what an enticing offer. We have Shake coming in saying, oh, tell him that Tara Patrick's here, who is a porn star, as Carl points out. I love that Frylock fucks up the name. He's like, oh yeah, and uh, Terry Patrick is here. And Carl's not believing them, so he's going to have a follow-up question here. And in a delightful turn of events, Tara Patrick's actually there. You got Tara Patrick over there? What's tattooed on her, uh... uh well, you know, in her uterus. Hey, what's tattooed on your uterus? <laughs> a unicorn making love to a Keebler elf. Tara? Is that you? Is that you, Tara? I love to meet all my fans. Come on over and party with me. Oh, man! I've seen all your pictorials! You are one of the most beautiful women in the world. You know, spread eagle. Tara, give me your phone! How'd you get her to come over there? We just called her. You ever hear of the telephone? <laughs> okay, okay, just keep her there. Hang on, I gotta get some DVDs together for her to sign. I'm so excited! Okay, so we've had like six minutes of this episode where they're just sitting around reminiscing between them and it's just total nonsense and bullshit. And I love just when they ask this question to Tara, the camera just pans over and she's just there. Like, evidently, she's been there the whole time listening in on all of this. They haven't acknowledged her once. And, of course, Carl's like, how the heck did you get her to come over there? And (laughs) Shake's response is like one of my favorite lines in Aquatine. We just called her. You ever hear of the telephone? I do want to mention when Shake hangs up the phone. It's almost shocking because he just kind of places it on the table. That's it. He hangs it up and puts it down, as opposed to every other time where he basically throws the phone on the ground and it explodes. I mean, that even happened in the previous episode. I should mention that those noises that Tara is making is because she will randomly pull out corn dogs and just <laughs> start eating them. And it's funny in this scene because she basically just pulls it out from behind Frylock. That's how they can get away with it materializing out of thin air. 
So the way that they draw Tara Patrick here is she's wearing, she's very scantily clad. She's wearing just kind of like a little bikini and she's not standing. She's on all fours on the floor and she's just there. And that is Tara Patrick doing the voice. So Tara Patrick, she is a porn star. And I did a lot of research this week, just brushing up on all of her films. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I had to say that joke. So I think this is where I learned about who Tara Patrick was in this episode of Aqua Teen all the way back when. But at the same time, I don't know that I've come across her any other place. So this might have been the only place that I've ever heard about Tara Patrick. According to Tara's Wikipedia page, she stopped performing in the adult industry in 2008. So two years after this episode aired. And I do want to mention to her Wikipedia page under her appearances section... The very first thing there is her appearance in this episode of Aqua Teen. But it looks like now Tara's living in Italy with her daughter, although she is American. And we do have footage of her recording this line. So in the booth, she's eating a hot dog. Uh, so she is chewing on stuff for these lines. We'll hear more lines from her going forward in the episode. I'll put a link to the video in the description here. It's not like super intriguing, so I'm not going to play it here. Uh, There's no like real behind the scenes look. You just see them recording the line and that's kind of it. But I think shows a really cool sense of humor that she was down to do this this episode of Aqua Teen. And I do want to say, if you are going to be eating a corn dog or a hot dog... Tara Patrick is somebody you might want in your corner because she actually has an EMT certification. So if you do start choking on that corn dog, I think Tara would be able to save your life in that situation. And speaking of saving a life, we're going to figure out why the Aqua Teens want Carl to come over because there is a menacing figure outside. We're going to get a slow kind of reveal of a terrifying Grim Reaper creature outside. But instead of holding a scythe, he's holding a gutter. You think he knows why we, we really want him to come over here? He don't need to know nothing. <laughs> hey, guys. Okay, we got to cut Tara off there. But I love the way that this episode is ramping up because it's been so slow up until really this point. And now it's like, okay, now Tara Patrick is here and there's like the Grim Reaper outside. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? And this is what I like from Aqua Teen, when they just completely change up an episode in this way that most other shows aren't going to do. Let's go back and see what Tara had to say. Hey, guys. Remember when me and you and Meat What, Tara? What? (laughs) Shut up! You're just so mouthy. All I see is lips moving. Stories that go nowhere. Will you please just keep eating your corn dog? I want to party with you. I absolutely adore this scene because you have Tara trying to get in on the reminiscing aspect of the episode and Shake is not having it. Like, he doesn't want her to talk at all. And it totally subverts the expectation of you would think that, especially a character like Shake, who's always bragging about getting laid, that he would suck up to this beautiful porn star. <laughs> but instead, he's just like, what? Shut up. Like, he doesn't want to interact with her for whatever reason. Like, they invited her over, but they're like kind of tired of her. In my mind, it's just brilliant that the only one who really seems to see her as a sexual object is uh, Carl, who's going to rush over to try and see her. But the other three Aqua Teens, like, they're just kind of chilling out, but Shake's kind of a a douchebag to her. (laughs) I I don't know. It's just a a very fun setup. 
Carl is on his way over now, so we're going to see him walking over from his house. But remember, that Grim Reaper character is outside. He's going to have some words with Carl. He's going to try and sell him on something. Carl's not having it, so... Grim Reaper, he's got to kill him. Oh, hi. Excuse me, get out of my way. My name's Dan from Grim Reaper Gutters. I won't leave until I make a sale. Yeah, well, my, uh, my gutters are fine there, thanks, so... uh. Get lost, Chief. Really? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at them right now, and they're, they're there. So, uh, <laughs> get lost. Taylor! Have you seen our clog-free system? It safely routes roof runoff, leaves, and debris away from the home while tastefully <laughs> accenting your roof line and soffits. Look, man, I, I told you no. I don't know how many times I, I can say it. Okay, but, you know, topsoil can't erode from every runoff. Well, you know what? It's not even an issue because I'm going to pave my yard tomorrow, okay? <laughs> Tara! Well, there's, there's no need to do that. Why is this door locked? Tara! estimate. Hey! We're going to have our factory the door is locked! Let me in! Take a look at it. I said no! <sighs> okay. Whoa! Hold <laughs> He killed Carl! Yeah, but did he leave? <laughs> no! Haven't you seen the commercial? They won't leave until they make a sale. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I just the way the way that this episode just turns at towards the end is so funny. So we have that back and forth there. Carl's he wants to go and talk to his one of his dream girls, I guess, but he's got to deal with this annoying salesman who just ends up killing poor Carl there. And the entire time, you could see Shake and Meatwad like watching through the window. But they didn't expect that Carl would get killed, as you heard. They were just hoping that Carl would buy something so that the Grim Reaper would, would leave. Or, sorry, Dan would leave. And Dan, voiced by Ned Hastings, editor on this episode and a million other episodes of Aquatine. Most notably, he played himself in Super Trivia as the trivia host. But we've heard his voice a ton on the show up until this point. And if you haven't heard my interview with Ned right here on this podcast feed, do check it out. He is one of the pivotal members of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, of the production crew, I guess, for the show. But let me pull the clip for you where we talk a bit about this episode. So with episodes like Grim Reaper Gutters or Boost Mobile... With those episodes, was it intended for you to voice your characters in those episodes, or were those like scratch tracks that you Grim guys- Reaper? I don't know what they had in mind, but that was one where I did the scratch track and I just kind of did a dumb voice, and I think they just thought it was funny. And you know, it's however many lines, eight lines or something like that. And then of course they, but they did put a, an effect on it. Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> so you up. can't tell that it's me. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. That's why they did the effect, but that's the, the uh, uh, outcome. So a small excerpt. I don't remember if this made it into that episode or not, but Ned did express to me that he loved the Grim Reaper gutters character and he, he really liked doing the voice for it. But from what Ned said, It wasn't like they were like, oh, yes, let's get Ned to do this voice. It's because Ned was editing the episode and they kind of needed some some vocals in that spot. He just recorded them himself to have something to edit to. And they ended up just just pitching it up, putting an effect on it and keeping it. But you heard Dan from Grim Reaper Gutters. He can't leave till he makes a sale. So the Aqua Teens are in their house. Dan, he's going to kind of uh, crouch down to the to the window. He's going to look into their house and give them his sales pitch. My name's Dan from Grim Reaper Gutters. I won't leave until I make a sale. Have you seen our clog-free system? 
It safely routes roof runoff, leaves and debris away from the home while gracefully <laughs> accenting your roof line and socket. Frylock, where are you going? I guess I'm going to buy some uh, damn gutters. So Frylock there saying goddamn gutters, but they had to edit that out. There is a cool, like, like foggy, smoky effect coming off of Dan, which looks awesome, and he looks pretty menacing besides the fact that he's holding a gutter instead of a scythe, and then, yeah, just his voice being kind of pitched up a little bit nerdy, maybe. I think that's funny, because you would expect him to sound menacing, but that's really not the case. He's just this, this lame salesman, but he will kill you if he has to. And you know what? Something I forgot to say earlier is I appreciate Carl saying that he was going to basically pave his entire lawn, which we saw Shake do back in the Season 2 episode, Revenge of the Trees, where at the end of the episode, they are just completely tarring their entire yard so that the trees can't come to their house anymore. So kind of a a somewhat of a throwback. And we're going to get another one in our next clip here because... Frylock, he chose not to die. He chose to give Grim Reaper gutters a sale. And we're going to see this absolutely ridiculous gutter contraption all over their house. It's the image I'm using for the cover art for this podcast episode. And on the top, there are two lasers that (laughs) will basically incinerate any sort of leaf that falls down. And these lasers seem to be a repurposed asset from Frat Aliens in Season 2 where Carl's house had that laser grid, and then if anything touched the lasers, the laser uh, blasters out would come out of the top of the house and shoot. These look similar to those, but they look to be a little bit reworked. So let's check out this new purchase. Well, he sold me the ultimate preemptive gutter. It incinerates all leaves off the trees before they even get to your roof. It also incinerates seeds before they can even become trees. So. Wow. And this box carbonates and flavors your rainwater. Not that you might want to... <laughs> You know, drink it. (laughs) So some of the gutters go into this giant metal box outside the house, which, as you heard Frylock say, it carbonates the rainwater so that you could (laughs) turn it into soda pop or something like that. I love the gutter system that Bob Pettit came up with for uh, this background asset. It's so over the top, so ridiculous. There are just gutters wrapped all around the Aqua Teen's house. In fact, I'm not even sure how you're supposed to get in or out But that's not on Tara's mind, okay? Tara's still here. She's still hanging out with the Aqua Teens, and she's on all fours outside now, and she's wondering where Dan went. However, Meatwad's got other things on his mind. The episode is going to end with Meatwad pulling out a pistol and shooting himself. Where's Dan from Grim Reaper Gutters? I want to party with him. (laughs) He said he's coming back tomorrow. Sell us a bridge in New York. <laughs> there are no bridges in New York. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> I said I said there are no bridges in New York. Uh, Meatwad? Where, uh, where'd you find that? What does that matter? None of that matters now. Wait, 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 wait. no, no, no. And then it cuts to the theme song. That is blood kind of going all over everybody else's face who are watching Meatwad do this. Some great animation with Meatwad. His his arm is kind of like tremoring when he's holding the gun. It's an insane scene. It comes completely out of nowhere. I want to jump back to what Shake was saying in terms of how Dan was going to come back the next day to sell them a bridge in New York. I assume that's Shake kind of saying that Frylock was gullible to buy that, although... I don't blame Frylock because you want the Grim Reaper who can kill you to go away. So I guess this is another clip that Frylock could add to the compilation of him saving everybody's asses. 
But the line is, if you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you. That is the real line, and of course, in Aqua Teen fashion, both Shake and Meatwad fuck it up completely. But this is referencing George C. Clark, who was a late 1800s, early 1900s con man, and his most popular scam is selling the Brooklyn Bridge. Now, of course, he didn't actually sell it, he didn't legally sell it, but he would forge very convincing documents, and remember, this is like the 1900s, and he would mainly target, I think, like immigrants, and, and convince them, hey, I can sell you this bridge, and then you could do whatever you want with it, so you could set up toll booths and make money off of the bridge, you just have to pay me up front for it. So he was very convincing, and he did this scam many times. And he, uh, some other things he sold included the Madison Square Garden, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Grant's Tomb, and the Statue of Liberty. And he would set up, like, fake businesses and stuff to just look legit. And eventually, he got convicted uh, and sent to prison for life, for the rest of his life. But that's what this is referencing. Like, it, it means that you're gullible. Like, hey, I have a bridge to sell you. But again... With Master Shake and Meatwad, they're like, there's no bridges in New York. Like, it's just absolutely nonsense. So that is Grim Reaper Gutters. It ends with Meatwad killing himself completely out of nowhere. And of course, you may recall the season two episode, The Cloning, where Meatwad shoots himself in the head a bunch of times, but he's fine. Apparently, in this episode, when he shoots himself once, it kills him. or I don't know, but blood does go all over Frylock, Terra, and Shake. But that's how the episode ends in absolutely bonkers Aqua Teen episode. So before I give you my final thoughts on this one, as always, let's jump on over to the Toon Zone forum and see what people were saying about this episode right when it premiered. This is going back to our typical kind of divisive episode, and this being a more gimmicky kind of episode, I get that, because there's people on here saying right away, like, oh, it's a clip show episode, I don't like it, despite the fact that it's mainly new material. There's also talk of the episode going downhill once Dan from Grim Reaper Gutters shows up. I want to read you user Freedom Fighter's post here. Freedom Fighter says, Thank you for the people who wanted the randomness back in ATHF. We got this episode. You happy now? Seriously though, good beginning, so-so middle, random, hilarious end. It seems peaceful enough at the start, shaken meatwad reminisce of good old times. Sort of. You know, even though I didn't see most of the previous season, I could still tell some of that was blatantly made up, which was funny. The ATHF guys really like Andrew WK, don't they? Meatwad's t-shirt didn't make any sense, that porn star showing up wasn't worth it, the Grim Reaper pun was obvious. And then, we're suddenly in talk of ultimate preemptive gutters, then Meatwad pulling out a gun, threatening to shoot everybody before purposely shooting himself. I mean, really. Random. WTF? And why ain't they no bridges in New York, Meatwad? Why? Grim Reaper gutters 7 out of 10. Now, I'm going to Mexico until all this bill business shakes out. So I thought that was a fun little review. I mean, a lot of the co comments here are just, again, they, they basically are summarized by what I told you before this one of, of people kind of going back and forth. So let's jump into my thoughts here because this is an interesting episode from a structure standpoint because it does seem all over the place. Like, Matt and Dave were, at first they were spoofing clip shows, and then the episode ramps up towards the end to not only introduce a guest star in Tara Patrick, who evidently was there the whole time, but then Dan from Grim Reaper Gutters, like, a villain shows up towards the end, and then they have to buy gutters, and then 
Meatwad kills himself. The episode just gets really fast towards the end in a way that I don't know that we've seen before, and that also coincides with the first bulk of the episode being very slow. Like, we're just moving from conversation to conversation, really between Master Shake and Meatwad until Frylock shows up. But yeah, they're just kind of bringing up random topics. We get flashbacks mainly that didn't happen. We get a cool montage of things that did happen, like the party all the time montage, which is a nice little throwback to the show itself. It had been on the air for almost five years at this point, and this is the 63rd episode of the show. So it's past syndication, although I guess it is an 11-minute show. But it is kind of cool the way that this episode paid respect to itself by showing these clips. I really wonder uh, what that process was of gathering those clips. But yeah, just back to, to the episode as a whole, it's really playing around a lot in a way that I like because ultimately the dialogue is funny. Everything that the characters are saying is complete nonsense. I love how illogical the episode is where... Yeah, just again, out of nowhere, Tara Patrick's there. I mean, we we went through it. I, I love everything that this episode does so much so that I'm surprised how much I was laughing out loud watching this one. I rewatched it at work on my lunch break and I was sitting there just cracking up like a maniac because I forgot how freaking funny this was because I only remembered a couple points from it. But the dialogue here is solid. I love the nonsensical sequence of everything that happens. The playing with silence is so ballsy on their part. I just had so much fun with this one that honestly, I have to give it four and a half pubes out of five. Because I don't know, I think no other show could do an episode like this one. It's just so absolutely crazy. And I I wouldn't change anything about it. I love how tacked on a lot of the stuff at the end is. It's just, it's it's so hilarious. And because up until that point, people are probably like, oh, this is boring. It's so slow. And then Aqua Teen's like, well, you know what? Then let's let's put it into uh, high gear here and get some more stuff going. So I don't know, just an interesting choice in a lot of ways. But ultimately, some funny dialogue from the characters. And that's all that I want. So that is it for me this week. That was Grim Reaper Gutters. I feel like a sleeper of an episode, hopefully one that you've reconsidered if you didn't like it beforehand, like I didn't really give it any credit for. So thank you so much for listening, for hanging out, talking teens with me. Thank you, Lurvenator, for signing up to the Patreon. I really do appreciate that. If you would like to sign up, you can head on over to patreon.com slash dancingisforbidden. Five bucks and up gets you instant access to all of the previous Patreon episodes. And also, you're supporting this podcast so I can keep doing it. So, thank you so much. As always, thank you to our Highlander, Nick. There can be only one! There's only one time so far in Aqua Teen Hunger Force where a woman is hanging out with the Aqua Teens and she genuinely seems like she's having a good time. Just like there's only one Nick. And of course, shout out to our number one in the Hood G tier supporters, Sean, Ian, Captain Buford, Robison, Jason, Carl, Lechera, Tone69, Empower706, SwimWiki, Lurvenator, Tegan, Thorin the Grumpy Dwarf, Garrick, and Caleb. You guys could come over and drink some tap water any day of the week. I'll see the Moonmasters next week when we dive into another Adult Swim show. Looking like it's going to be 12-ounce mouse, but we'll see what it is. Until then, keep it cool. Take it easy. Bye-bye.
Grim Weeper. Grim Weeper? What the fuck? I love the Grim Weeper. Or, no, no, no. What if he's he's just crying all the time? He's the Grim Weeper. He's so sad. All right. Time to make this fucking podcast. Grim Reaper Gutters making its Adult Swim debut on November 19th, 2006. 